What's up, guys? It is almost the end of this week's WGT Closest to the Hole Challenge, but you still have time to enter if you want to get in on a chance to get a free DNVR shirt or gift card to a local restaurant. If you want to get in, all you have to do is go to freewgt.com to download World Golf Tour, one of the best golf apps out there on the market. Once you've downloaded it from freewgt.com, just go in. If you're brand new, play through the tutorial so you know how to play and then go to the closest to the whole challenge this week's course is pebble beach and we're doing hole number four whoever gets it closest to the hole will win the week and you're gonna have to get it closer to the hole than the avs guarded mcdavid this night it's gonna take better than that because mcdavid had way too much room we already have a couple of high scores on this week as it is a bit of an easier hole. So make sure you get it close just to run that back for you one more time real quick. FreeWGT.com to download Pebble Beach hole number four closest to the hole wins. Once you've shot it as close as you can get it, take a screenshot, send it either to us on Twitter or into info at the DNVR.com to submit your score. We'll pick the winners on Monday and Every week you enter, you get a raffle ticket into the grand prize drawing at the end, which is Avs tickets or a free jersey of your choosing if you're out of state. So even if you don't think you're close enough to win the week, still enter just to make sure you get that raffle ticket because the grand prize is even better than the weekly prizes. Couldn't recommend it enough. FreeWGT.com. Get it downloaded. Play along with us. Try to beat us. We're usually not that hard to beat, but sometimes it's hard to win the weekly prize. Anyway, let's jump into the show. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scores. Nathan McKinnon. Cole J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Welcome into the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations today or check out online at mygreensolution.com and use their express checkout to get in and out in minutes. Plus, you can use the code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We just witnessed the Avs get slapped down by the Edmonton Oilers. On the one hand, not totally surprised given the situation the Avs were in as far as missing over a third of their starting lineup. On the other hand, yikes. Yikes is pretty good. All right. Well, that's the show. I guess we'll talk should to you. Uh, <laughs> should have been my headline. Yikes. <laughs> I mean, look, Connor McDavid absolutely the type of player to do this to a team credit where credit's due but also the avs almost gave him too much respect right like yes it's Connor mcdavid you can't just let him dangle you but you also can't give him 20 feet to walk in all the way from the top of the circles to the slot either yeah uh the flail the stick at him defense not great 
one step above the fall down in front of him defense. But, you know, the Avs tried both. So a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Dude, I have watched that goal probably seven or eight times. And I have no idea what Ian Cole was trying to do. Yeah, I, I don't follow it either. It just doesn't make any sense. I'm, I'm at a loss. Honestly, I don't. I don't know. I, like, I what, tell what, you, yeah. what read is taking him out there? You're on the PK. Those defensemen don't stray from in front of the net unless they're going into the corner to chase a puck. He's following the puck out high. It looks like he just gets locked onto the puck, flubs it, gives it right over there uh, to him, and then it was like, uh. Guess I'll give up now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say other than, I mean, McDavid put up six points in a single game involved in all of Edmonton's goals, and at least part of you has to admire that a little bit. I because- mean, look, like, we're all hockey fans here. We all love the game. If it doesn't happen to the te- to your team, you're admiring the fact that the guy's unbelievable. And even right. when it does happen to your team, you're just like, the guy's unbelievable. He's an unbelievable player. He's the best player in the league. And he's absolutely crazy pants on fire right now. And I can admire that all day. Like, that's great. I can, I can admire and I can appreciate that all day long. And I definitely do. But I'm not I'm not here to just give him that credit. It's not my job. You know, that's it's the, the abs have to play better, man. They they have to not give that away. That was so free. It was free enough that it, I mean, we're getting we're coming up on Black Friday. It might as well have been that <laughs> super sale goals, goals, goals. It, it was it was two for one. <laughs> out there with the abs defense. It was so bad. And like, you can't even look at Adam Warner and be like, well, bad goaltending, right? Like, nothing happened. Adam Warner is not going to stop those pucks. No, Philip Grubauer wasn't going to stop any of that. I mean, like, I think he could have stopped the first one. I, but... I thought that was a great shot. I mean, he's Warner is out there. He's aggressively in front of his crease. He's squared up to him. He just put it where, where Werner wasn't. That's a wrist shot from outside the top of the circles. You'd like to see that save get made. I would like to see that save yeah, get made. Yeah, but we see we see guy, a guy like McKinnon score that all the time. That's never an argument we make. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't, I mean, I don't remember us having a conversation on the show in which we've been like, oh, guy, guy probably should have stopped that one. It's We always just give the credit to McKinnon. I think that's just a great shot. I think that's really difficult for NHL goalies to stop. When it's well placed and it's and you know it's not screened, I get it. But that's like <laughs> that's the one that's that's the one that you see goalies get beat with. And uh, I'm not going to argue about it too much because at the end of the day, the rest of the game still happened, and none of the other ones certainly were at all Werner's fault because the Abs D just got picked to pieces. What in the world is Sam Gerrard doing on the third goal? First of all, yeah. he goes up to the board. He f- goes up to the boards on his backhand, doesn't try to chip it up or out. Very meekly on his backhand, just like pushes the puck right to Connor McDavid, and it's like, duh. Okay, that's bad. First of all, and then overplays the wraparound with Drysidle and leaves Zach Cassian completely alone on the back door. What are you doing? 
you talk about Ian Cole being locked on the puck. That's what happened to Sam Gerrard on that play. He just glides towards the puck. It doesn't even acknowledge that Zach Cassian exists. And then it's in the back of the Avs net. What are you doing? Honest to God, I, I just, I don't know what they're seeing, you know? And I know that uh, the game is played fast and it's very easy for us to sit back and and sit on our couch and, and pick apart decisions, right? Decisions that get made in real time. But the Cole decision and the Gerard decision, just the reads, you have to play smarter hockey than that. You have to. You That's dumb hockey. That's losing hockey. It's, it's, it's just dumb hockey that puts you in a bad spot. And it and you you make you make decisions like that, man. You deserve to lose. You deserve to get embarrassed. You deserve to get run out of that building. You deserved that. You they absolutely 100 percent earned that. They played so poorly. You you see these things in someone like Zadorov and you say, okay, Zadorov makes dumb decisions with the puck sometimes. That's fine. We've come to expect that out of his game. You understand it and you roll with it. But for guys like Sam Gerrard and Ian Cole, the expectation is that they are smart. They understand how to move the puck, not turn it over, not get totally destroyed by forwards. And yet here they are doing it. Right. Like, and as a great point, you expect that out of some guys. And Ian Cole on any given night is either really, really good or really terrible. It 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 oscillates somewhere between. I mean, his variance is so wild to me. I have such an appreciation for the general managers who have valued him the way that they have in their careers, where when he's really good, you're like, oh, man, that guy is a rock back there. But when he's bad and he's making bad puck decisions and he's and he's making bad reads, oh, my gosh. Like, not an NHL player. And tonight, not good. I mean, and the what was so frustrating was that they were they were all not good, man. Ryan Graves had three penalties, and their entire offensive philosophy was basically get the puck back to Ryan Graves because Edmonton doesn't respect him. Uh, rightfully so, based on the game. <laughs> right, like, and based on the result, it was like, oh, that's why Edmonton's not respecting him. They're looking at 27 and they're like, LOL, that's a football number. <laughs> it That did frustrate me quite a bit. At, at five on five, I didn't look at the numbers after the game, but with a couple minutes left, 45% of the ab shot attempts were coming from defensemen. And this wasn't defensemen pinching down. This was from the point. They were not getting any offense down deep in the zone. No, I mean, they... None of their, none of the old hockey axioms applied to what Colorado did tonight. The only, the only guy on the ice, I'll say it. The only two guys on the ice that I, that I thought, the only three guys on the ice tonight that I thought gave any kind of a damn were Kadri Burkowski and Makar. I agree. Two of those were my three standouts. So nailed it. That was your other one, McDavid. It should have been. It was. Yes, okay. It was. <laughs> Good. I was gonna say six points, dude. Come on. Yeah, you just have to. You don't yeah. see that ever. So. <laughs> yeah, the Avs had thirty-three shots. Eleven of them came from Kadri and Burakovsky. Makar somehow only had the one, but was by far their best defenseman. Two-way, every in, in all the zones, all of them. And even then, he had a flub or two of the puck tonight, including the one where it just like rolled off his stick, and he was just like. 
oh, how'd that happen? And then his brain turned back on and he was like, I guess I'll go back and play defense now. I, they, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what to say. They were so, they were so bad tonight. Yeah. The the defense, especially offense also not great, but the defense was easily the worst I've seen them play this year. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap up our first segment there. Lord knows I need a drink after that game. So it's time to bust out. The Breckenridge Brewery as the official beer of DNVR. Tonight, we're drinking a little bit of the Colorado Core. It is their, it is a beer. Uh, officially, it's noted as a beer, but it's kind of a beer and cider mix. It's got those apple flavors to it. Honestly, it tastes exactly like a cider to me. So it's delicious is basically what I'm trying to say. If you're into that crisp, clean kind of flavor, could not recommend it enough. And I like all Breckenridge Brewery beer. There's there's no doubt about it. But one of these days, I'm going to have to like come up with my top three list of just Breckenridge beer because I keep flip-flopping. I need to find a, something to stick with. But today, it's Colorado Core. You can find it at any of your local Davidson's or local liquor stores or or probably just about everywhere else. It's We've seen it in Pennsylvania. We've seen it in California. <coughs> we've seen it up in the Northeast, down in the Southwest. It's everywhere. You can find it out there. And also keep an eye out for the Breckenridge event calendar on thednvr.com. Events are coming up here that Denver Nuggets live pod slash watch party is just a week away now. And then the Broncos tailgate is coming up after that. And then I'm sure we'll have another abs watch party after that. So a ton of opportunities to come hang out with us and drink a few of those Breck brews. We'll be back in segment two with more craziness from this game. Second segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by the Green Solution, hosted by Rudo and AJ. You mentioned Burakovsky is one of the three Avs that actually looked good tonight, and he looked more than good. He was easily the Avs' best player on the ice, one of the few that I felt actually was dangerous in the offensive zone. Dude, he was out flying around. Yeah. I mean, just flying around. Unleashed that shot, too, a few times. Yeah, I mean, he might have had three. We'll never know because of that camera angle. Uh, That last one they showed, I'm pretty sure it didn't go in. I am, too, uh, but we'll never know for sure. Just because we don't, you know, we don't know where it stopped. And they never showed a camera angle of him getting up off the puck, so we don't know where it was. Uh, It... Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I he was infrared cameras in the ice. We need them. Let's go in. He was still awesome, really. He was, and like the second goal was pretty free. It's an empty net for the most part, but you know, with Mike Smith out there playing goal, you're gonna get those sometimes. I mean, if anyone on this team was gonna get a bounce like that tonight, it was Burkowski. That that was a you play well, you earn you earn your bounces kind of night. The whole night was you play the, the so much of the team played poorly got what they deserved, you know, the, yep. the, and there were a couple of moments where things could have gone differently for them. You know, Kadri, the, the goal after the, the first period expired, you know, yeah, you get absolutely. The, I mean, you get two seconds, two seconds is the difference, right? Yeah. Uh, a four, two game is a whole lot different than a five, one game. <laughs> right. Well, and then, and then the other time they could have made a four, two is when Kamenev put it off of the bottom half of the crossbar. And then Kadri got called for goaltender interference right after. Yeah. It just brutal how yeah. the game goes that way sometimes. Well, and, and like 
a lot of nights you look at that, that's the difference in winning and losing. I mean, there have been plenty of games where the abs, uh, the abs won and you could look at it and say, Oh, well, if that sequence goes that the other way for the other team, Colorado never gets that opportunity. They never score and the game never goes the way that it does. That's just how it goes. It's, it's tough to say that, the Avs win this game if they get the bounces because I, they just didn't earn it. Yeah, no, I mean they they didn't they didn't play well. Uh, they did not play smart. They shot themselves in the foot. They should have had multiple too many men on the ice penalties. Um, they, I mean, it's just he it was just dumb hockey, man. I, I Jared Bednar should walk into that into the locker room and be like. All right, now we got our moron game of the trip out of the week. Right, I mean, and that's the right. hope you get it all out in this one, and you're done with it, right? Right, and then you go back. All right, I'll see. I'll see the team that I believe that I have tomorrow at practice in Vancouver. Yep. So if if anything from this game carries over beyond it, that's a, an issue. <laughs> what What concerns me is this is the third game in a row with porous defense. It the defense has really made a number of mistakes and you know you talked about how down you were on Sam Gerard through those two games I wasn't quite as down on him but after tonight that dude's got to be better I mean they all do you're you're talking Nikita Zadorov is not the linchpin of your defense there's no Certainly reason not the puck moving part this of is, it especially <laughs> this is the one area of the team that has that has its health right now and Nikita Zadorov going out should not change this, and and it, and it honestly didn't. It you just can't. Dev's defense not only collapsed at five on five; they ended up giving up four goals on five power play opportunities. And sure, chalk two of those up to McDavid being a freak of nature, but four goals on five opportunities. There's a lot of bad defense going on there. Yeah. I mean, it, it it wasn't good, and I made this point in the takeaways tonight. Defense is also a team concept, and I think that's where Absolutely. we're seeing that's where we're seeing them get exposed, having to play. You know, those one one reason the fourth line was so effective is because it was a fourth line, maybe maybe a de facto third line. You know, Matt Nieto tonight, thirteen minutes. Matt Calvert, thirteen minutes. Pierre Edward Belmar, thirteen minutes. That's just a, that's a couple of minutes more than you want from those guys. And then all of your fourth line, 10 minutes. You know, Val Nachushkin, almost 15 minutes tonight. And like while yeah. Nachushkin has shown effectiveness, he's got one point on the season. And there's very specific things that he could do. He can't be higher in your lineup than in a fourth line role playing six to 10 minutes a night for you. He just can't. He can't do that. And so when you talk about defense and, and it being bad, it is not just on the defenseman. Kevin Connaughton made his season debut tonight, did not care. He can't give, he can't give, I should say I did not care, not him. I'm not accusing him of that. He got 17 minutes tonight and they, you know, and in a blowout and he played a bunch on the PK and like, that's not great either. Like I, but with Ryan Graves in the box for three of those penalties, you know, you're forced into that. But 
My point is, which I've now completely broken down on, is that defense is a team concept, and it's not just on the defenseman to play it. You have to; it has to be the job of the forwards. And when you're playing guys that you normally otherwise wouldn't be playing, TJ Tynan, uh, you know, playing it all for you, uh, yeah. ten, ten and a half minutes, you know, and and having to rely in more and more of these minutes on guys that you're not comfortable with. I mean, I love Jonas Donskoy. He can't be playing twenty minutes for you. It's it is a tough situation with the injuries there a little bit, but I do agree with your concept of defense being a team thing. Look at the Oilers first goal in this game. It's essentially a two on five. I understand the defenseman giving respect to McDavid and backing off fine, but then McDavid drops it to Ryan Nugent Hopkins and the abs have three forwards just coasting back, not back checking at all, which if your defense are going to sag on McDavid, your forwards have to cover those guys coming into the zone behind him. And, and like 100%, I don't mind the defense sagging on McDavid a little bit. Because, to a certain extent, yeah. Because he is as fast as he is, and you have to combat that somehow. Yeah, I, but, I agree. But, dude, I mean, it can't it can't be that bad. I mean, it, you know what I mean? It can't be to that, it can't be to that level. And yeah. your forwards have to be committed to coming back and being part of the solution. That did not happen tonight. It did not even come close to happening tonight. I'm with you. The The forwards didn't do their job defensively, and the defensemen didn't do their job defensively. The credit to both sides, or I guess anti-credit, well, I don't know what you would call it, but both ends of the defense were just brutal tonight. No one was doing the job that they were tasked with. 100%. And on the flip side of this, the Avs go 0 for 4 on the power play. Yes, they had the Kadri goal that ended up being a second after the buzzer went off. But when you're in a situation against a high-octane team like the Oilers, those are situations that you have to take advantage of. And again, we saw the stagnant type of play start to seep in. Everybody passes the puck around, and then McKinnon tries a one-timer from the top of the circle. Not, never been his thing. Why is that now suddenly an answer for them? That's it's never like been, it's been his working thing. either since they've started trying it. Yeah, so. it's never been his thing, and... They've completely abandoned the Royal Road uh, across to, to Burakovsky. I would trust Burakovsky on that one timer more than I do McKinnon. What are we doing here? Straight, especially the way he was playing tonight. It should be feed that man the puck. And yet they're sitting here, pass it back to Makar. Makar passes it to the right wing. He gets it back. He passes it to McKinnon. He gets it back. It's. And then you get to watch the Edmonton power play and they run too high. And yet still they work it to their forwards, their three forwards in deep, and they continually work it around deep in the zone while the Avs don't even try. Right. And the, the, my other frustration is Makar up top. Yeah. Too had too too passive, too hesitant. Uh, the dude will make little moves, create space and just won't shoot it. I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if it's because he doesn't have the lane and he just won't. He just won't. Sometimes you got to just let it rip. But I I honestly, I I don't. I don't know. Something is broken. Yeah, they, they can't continue with this. Honestly, they can't continue with this little umbrella where Makar 
patrols the top of the zone by himself. Certainly not while while Rantanen remains out. Right. Because I they can make it function with Rantanen and McKinnon. I don't mind it that much because you have you have two legit scoring threats between McKinnon and Rantanen on on each side. I really don't have a big problem with them running through that and 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 you know building the entire concept around that. I can I can get behind that. There's logic to that, and we've seen it work for multiple years now. What I don't love is that he's out and they're running the same system. You have to coach to your personnel. You have to coach to your personnel. And this is not this has not worked. It's been in slow decline ever since Rantanen went down. You know, now even with Landy out, now it just continues. And all the excitement about about Kadri coming over and being a power play machine and a guy that can that can shoot it, they aren't utilizing him even in the slightest. He is strictly back to Tyson Jost, JT Comfort, Colin Wilson last year. I'm going to stand in the middle, and I'm just going to wait for a puck to come to me, and I'm either going to push it right back to where it came from, or I'm trying to clean up rebounds in front. There's... It's a, it's a total waste of talent. It's a total waste of the talent. I don't I don't get it, man. I I'm yeah, I'm with you. I've I've hated the the dot in the middle since its inception. I don't think it's effective. <laughs> I think in some cases it's even clogging up your shooting lane and not helping you at all. Right. And and there's a guy standing behind your net or off to the side of the net and not not accomplishing anything. Yep. And you okay, you want you want pucks from out high, but you have two guys standing in front of the goaltender. That means you have at a minimum of two guys defending those guys. So now you have purposely put four bodies in front of the goalie. That's great if you can get a screen and a puck through, but typically those are mutually exclusive ideals. And it just continues to be frustrating to watch them bang their head and in a game in which they needed to be able to trade punches. That's the difference in the game. A four for six power play. And I've said on this pod, I believe the PK to be good. I still believe the PK to be good. It just had a terrible night. Yep. It was too loose and it got it got pulled apart and it was bad. But I think that's a solid unit with a solid base, way more so than the power play, which functionally continues to look broken. Right. I I don't disagree with you. I think the PK in general has been better this year. It would be a lot better if Ryan Graves was on it, not spending six minutes in the penalty box. But still, you can you can chalk up a bad night to a PK, right? It's going to happen eventually. You avoid that by just not going into the box in the first place. Yeah, The power play continues to struggle night in and night out. And I guess the question is, what is it going to take to change it? Because they've lost Ranton and it didn't change. They've lost Landis Gog. It didn't change. They just watched Edmonton put on a clinic of how to run a power play. And I suspect it won't change come Vancouver. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I. All right. Well, I don't know I what guess. else to say, man. I don't I don't believe that they're going to change either. I don't think that they're going to. I think they're going to continue to be stubborn about it. To be honest. One way I would like to see it change is let McKinnon be the top dog. If you want the power play to run through McKinnon, put McKinnon up high and and make him skate with it. Make him distribute the puck a little bit more. As you said, 
Makar and Gerard just naturally this way is way too deferential when it comes to that. So if it's McKinnon distributing, then the other players have to play a more aggressive shooting style. And to coach, continue coaching to your personnel, McCarr doesn't like to shoot it from up high. He likes to shoot it from inside the circles. Put him on the wall. There you go. Put him there. It's, Put him on the wall. The only reason that you have a defenseman back there is because you're supposed to. That's right. the only reason that continues to be a thing for them. Why not just continue to coach to your personnel? It seems like some pretty intuitive stuff. Either way, <coughs> the Avs need McKinnon to be the top dog. And if you're looking for a top dog electrician, <sighs> Piper Electric has been serving the Denver metro area since 1983. Through a commitment to customer service and team performance, Piper Electric is the hometown electrical contractor you can trust. If you call 303-646-6765, they'll give you the DNBR hookup and save you 20% off your next service call. No job is too big or too small for Piper Electric. They work with the top professionalism and integrity in the biz, whether it's residential, commercial, or industrial work. Don't forget, you have to call 303-646-6765 to receive 20% off off your next service call. Third and final segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm Rudo. He's AJ. For all the struggles in this game, the most curious thing that happened is apparently Antoine Bebo is fine. Uh, sure. I didn't, it was just so uh. strange to see him actually come into the game. But, I mean, in the grand scheme that means very little to the abs. I can't imagine we'll see Bebo play in many more games at all this year, uh, barring more <laughs> injuries. Yeah. I um, I don't even know what to say about that whole situation. Just strange, right? Shows up, gets traded for, plays in the first game, gets hurt, disappears. Greg Cronin even says he doesn't know what's going on with him. No, no status update, no nothing. Um, just nothing, not, not playing for the Eagles randomly is healthy enough to get called up and get put into a game. What? I I have no idea. Strange times in the roster management (coughs) world. I'm not sure what to make of it either. To be honest, I don't, they did say Zadorov will be back in Vancouver. Have we heard on Grubauer yet? I expect him to play. He practiced again. He's been practicing. Personally, I've been expecting him to play. Fair enough. So. Certainly it wouldn't have mattered if Grubauer played tonight. I think the Evs still get bopped on that one. So, you know, I, this was the game when I looked at the road trip where I was like, they're probably going to lose this one. Just take that L and move on. Yeah. I, I cannot stress like for as great as McDavid is, he's really great against the Evs. Yeah. This is not the first time he's gone off against them. Put it that way. It's not. Uh, it's not even his first hat trick against them. Yeah, the last time it was a uh, all in the third period, though. Yeah, but I mean, you look at you look at him historically <clears throat> coming into tonight, and he has been insane against the Avs. And that's with a, I think he has like one scoreless game against them, but like 17 points in 11 games against them in his history. For comparison, uh, he had 17 points in 16 games against Calgary. Just dude just owns the abs. 
and you take that and throw it into the system of, oh, the Avs' best defensive forward is hurt. Right. One of the Avs' defensive defensemen in Zadorov is hurt. Yep. Adam Werner is in net as the third string goalie. Yep. And that's a recipe for Connor McDavid destroying you. Yep. Simple as that. I I tend to lean with you on it's like, all right, well, the Avs were probably just going to lose this game. As ugly as it looked, don't put that much stock into it. <clears throat> Straight up. It's over. It's done. Just in the same way that all the all the good feels from uh, the the Jets game two nights ago didn't matter tonight. All the bad feels from tonight don't matter in two nights. Yep, simple as that. Fresh slate against Vancouver, which should be an interesting game. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I, I'm interested to see how an injured Abs team matches up with that Vancouver team. Yeah. That was an important caveat. The injured, the injured ass yeah, team. Right. I. It is one thing about this road trip. We are going to learn a lot about this team. And if Joe Sackick needs to do something to to buoy this roster, in the to, to keep them afloat while Rantanen and Landeskog uh, work their way back to to health, we'll know at the end of this road trip if he doesn't and he can afford to exhibit the the Joe Cool patience that he's known for. We will know at the end of this road trip. All right, so it's a bit of a character-defining time for the Avs in the season. In a way, yeah. I mean, this is. <clears throat> I think I think we expect them to try to be aggressive come deadline time. Sure, but that's still months away. Exactly, but the deadline will be irrelevant if they fall out of things before then because they can't stay afloat through the injuries. So, if they struggle on this road trip. If, say, the Jets game is the only game they win on this road trip, then I think they might look to be... That's that's when you can start to look and say, okay, they had a five-game losing streak, a three-game winning streak, and then they lost four or five. You know, I, I guess at that point, it'd be another four-game losing streak. So, you know you know what I'm saying? Like, you get that aggressive earlier in the season, and then when they all when everybody gets back, you don't have to be aggressive at the deadline because you made your deadline move in November. Don't live with a problem for months just because it's not the deadline. Exactly. There's that's that's the last time you're allowed to make moves, not the only time. <laughs> What's the target there, though? Right now, it certainly seems like Burakovsky is is someone they can con- continue to have faith in. Definitely. So that's one of your top six wingers. Obviously, uh-huh. Ranton and Olandiskog will come back at some point. It's right. not like you're looking to replace them. So is it that last swinger? Is it Donskoy, who's on a career high pace right now that you're replacing? Um, I mean, I it's Calvert more than anything. Well, it's fair, but <clears throat> it's Calvert, and it's putting Jost back in the three C spot where we've seen him be consistently his most effective. All right, so and and you go and you go shopping. You go. There are bad teams out there. The Rangers aren't playing Elias Anderson. Go go go. See if you can poach a, a talent. You know that would be a little bit of a different kind of move. You know, obviously the Taylor Hall conversation is going to happen, but there are, there are bad teams out there who are already done. Like I'm sorry, but Los Angeles has 13 points. 
Minnesota Foley come on down. And while Minnesota's schedule has really, really, really hampered them because they are playing all of their road games in the first 30 games of the season, you know, they're, they're gonna still have, out of it. <laughs> they're really gonna struggle to pull that thing together. You know, see what see what Jason Zucker costs. You know, make those calls. Do your work. Do your home, do the homework and start to press. Start to look for answers. Like, like seriously, start to start to 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 look for the for an answer, and and don't let this linger if if it's going to. They're fresh off a three game lose or win three game winning streak, so I'm not trying to get too overreactive here. Just saying, if this continues, then we can have that conversation. And that there are teams, and especially at the end, you know, you fast forward a week when this road trip ends, one week from today. We're going to know a lot more about this group. Right. Uh, what do the Avs stand to Damn lose it. in making a move like that is my question. Nothing. Other than the assets they give up, obviously. I, which would all be either picks, prospects, or, uh, you know, at most, a guy from your current bottom six. Otherwise, you're not Otherwise, you're not touching your NHL roster to do that. Maybe maybe one of the defensemen. Maybe a Cole or a Zadorov. And that's purely me spe- just spitballing. Sure. It, they're the most expendable position on the roster. Is, right. Is and, like, like, and, and the abs can afford to move from that kind of position right now. You know, and, and just depending on what the what, which player it ends up being. If it's a guy like Toffoli, you know, Toffoli has just been a healthy scratch. You can't, you can't, the Kings cannot stand on any kind of leg and say, we demand value. You're not going to get anything. You're not. You're not going to get what you want. You're not going to get that big prep, big package. The ask for Taylor Hall right now is unreasonable. It's not going to be Bowen Byram. They're not moving him. Sorry. Yep. Bowen Byram's part of the reason guys like Colin Zadorov might be on the table. Right. Well, and Connor Timmins is the. That too. Yeah. He's right. He's the perfect middleman. He's a good defensive prospect, but he's not your top defensive prospect. And he's a guy that you might look at as, as okay, well, you know, we have a big three coming on defense. Maybe this guy will be in excess. So, you know, you, whatever. And when you have excess, you use it to fill your holes. Exactly. Like that's, that's, that's exactly how it works. You go out and you find a team that has an extra winger lying around that, you know, I mean, and if you wanted to go like the Derek Broussard version, you call New Jersey and ask about Kyle Palmieri. It's going to be a no for me. I mean, Kyle Palmieri, Kyle Palmieri is still good, and you're not asking him to play on, on your first line for an extended period of time. I I would be fine with the Kyle Palmieri type because he's actually still effective. My my Broussard comparison was just like an older guy on an expiring deal. I I hear you, and it's, it's still a no for me because when you have an option like a Tyler Toffoli, why not go for that instead? I mean, what's the difference between him and Palmieri? Age. How much age? I don't. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but got to be four or five years. I don't think it's that many, man. Kyle Palmieri is only twenty-eight. Tyler Toffoli's twenty-seven. Really? I thought yeah. Toffoli was like twenty-five. Huh? Nope. He's a UFA at the end of this season. So, all right. Well, and maybe their numbers are pretty similar. Honestly, nine points in seventeen games for uh, for Toffoli, and you know. Kyle Palmieri is 11 points in 17 games for a bad Devils team. And Palmieri has two years on his deal, so he's not even a rental. Yeah. 
I still don't love Paul Mary, but definitely the the age factor doesn't hold up. I I'm, I'm more concerned about injuries with Paul Mary than I am anything else, just because he's been beat up a lot the last couple of years. But anyway, point being, we're way down this rabbit hole, and that's not what very, I intended. Very down. Uh, the my 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 point in this is that like that's the the style the the archetype of a guy that you go and get a guy that he's not a tip 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 top guy because you theoretically have those guys they're just hurt right now but you go out there and you fill out with another burke an, another guy that will will compliment burkowski nicely who appears to be a, a real find for you so you they look like they might be right on the burkowski bet you just need one more guy then and then your top six is rock solid when healthy and you can continue to survive. And I, I mean, like, again, like this is one loss. So all of this is in reaction to just the one loss tonight where they simply looked outgunned. They did not look like they had the offensive horses to keep up when they got behind. This is not this as without, with the injury issues that they have, they have to play from ahead and they have to do it for an extended period of time. They got the first goal and then it was tied up three minutes later. It never really mattered. Yeah, it's it, – I mean pretty clearly you look at their losing streak. They fell behind early in almost all of those games. Yeah. They just aren't able to keep up when teams are playing from ahead on them. And I do wonder a little bit mm-hmm. about – one, it's possible that at the end of this road trip, Ranton could be gearing up to come back. True. Two – what does this mean for the future? And we don't have to get into this conversation again, because I'm sure we'll talk about it on another time, but why not play a Shane Bowers instead of a TJ Tynan? If you're looking for a longer term replacement, because you know, a Tynan isn't that. Uh, my only guess, my only guess is that they're not looking for a long-term replacement. So, if you're not looking for a long-term re- replacement, I'd be a little bit uncomfortable with making a trade for someone like that. Okay. I don't like going out and getting middling rentals because that you just kind of end up with the player that's going to underperform. Well, you end up and, with a middling roster. Right, exactly. You're not making yourself a better team by doing that. Yeah, I mean, another 50-point guy would go a long way for this group, I think. Since coming into the season, we said, can Jost or Comfer maybe take that step forward along with Burkowski? It looks like the answer on Burkowski is yes. I I agree. Another bona fide top six winger would do a lot for this team, but go about getting one the right way. Don't talk yourself into a Kyle Palmieri just because you're hurt right now. Uh, Well, and, and I think, you know, again, like a Palmieri is a guy that, He's he's the same thing as Kadri, except signed for two years instead of three. It's the same concept. Like it solidifies a position of weakness and does not cost a it won't won't cost Taylor Hall prices. You probably don't even have to give up a first round pick to go get that guy. And so that's that's why I have him as a guy where it's like, oh sure. like, and, and because the devils are terrible. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm I'm picking from the uh, the bottom of the NHL. Because those are the teams that are going to accept that they're out of it right now and be like, okay, you know, how close was St. Louis last year to selling off everything? 
You know, like these right. are the you swoop in when those teams are vulnerable and you try and take advantage. And that's all my point is. And I'm perfectly fine yeah, with, with doing that. I scratched in- my leg with my pen. Uh-huh. And I thought the pen was closed and it's not. So now it just looks like a third grader was coloring on my leg. Perfect. That's exactly what the Avs tried to do with their defensive structure tonight. So we can end with that. It's been a great <laughs> night. Let's just get out of here. <laughs> That's going to do it for us. That really does sum up how this night went for the Avs. As Dang always, it. thank you for listening. If you are listening to this one right away or early morning on Friday, we are doing a question and answer episode live tomorrow, which is Friday at around noon. Put your questions down in the comment section of this podcast or tweet it at us or whatever. Get your questions in. Evan will be joining us as well. So it will be all three of us getting back and answering your guys' questions. Other than that, yeah, stay strong. Thank you for listening, and you will hear from us tomorrow. Do you like watching the Olympics? Have you ever thought of becoming an Olympian yourself? Well, USA Weightlifting provides athletes with an opportunity to continue their athletic career following retirement from football. Their transitional athlete program offers a route to becoming an Olympian. Don't take it from me though. Listen to Daniel, who's been training with USA Weightlifting and says it was the perfect way to get started in the sport. I would totally advise uh, somebody to do this transitional athlete program. Uh, It's almost like a rubric for them to go off of instead of just kind of learning and uh, just trying to start somewhere and not know who to talk to or where to start. Going into it, it's definitely uh, something that if you've never looked at it before, never looked at Olympic lifting or anything, it's very kind of makes you feel nervous going into it. Definitely go into it full-fledged if I, if I did again, even if I knew nothing about it. So, uh, you know, anybody that's kind of timid about getting started or looking at this, definitely dive into it. It's something you might fall in love with. I've always wanted to, like, represent you know, the country in some way or another, so this is like the steps in starting that. It's just, you know, honor something that I've been looking at since I was young. To try out, register at www.usawrecruiting.com today, and maybe you'll be their next 2024 Olympian.